Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you hear the pastors talk about the upcoming preaching texts and uh, lots of other things happening here at, in the life of Easter lots Lutheran Church. Lots of other things. Lots of things. <laughs> it's a joy to be with you. I'm Pastor Eric, and I am here with Pastor Kevin. And Pastor Megan. Hey guys, Yay. how's it going? What's up? The, the gang's stuff. all back together. Yes, it's True. good to be here. Yeah. yeah. Good to be with everybody listening too. I was going to say something about seeing faces, but I only see a couple of faces. <laughs> a lot of people are listening to our voices. Yes. Though. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we have uh, interesting reading for you today. We will hear from a minor prophet. We'll say more about that. But just before we do, we just want to talk about. Uh, where, where we've been and where, uh, kind of where we're going. Um, last yep. week was All Saints Sunday. Yes. Um, and we're nearing the start of Advent. Yes. So we're, um, wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? It's really hard to believe. That's very yeah. strange. It's Well, and it's the transition period is kind of strange too, because, you know, All Saints is this you know, really meaningful service and, and, and lots of details to it. And then there's these couple of Sundays in between where we're like, is it Christmas yet? Right. Um, but it's not Christmas yet. It's Advent first um and then the days just kind of fly from there yeah this is also where every week i kind of have to look out at the pyramids before i put on my stole and see okay (laughs) what color is it this week red and then white and then green and then blue and then white white and then then green no yeah Yeah, green for a while no right i don't even know it's a rainbow thank you to those of you tending to the pyramids yes thank you remember what the color is yes absolutely Hopefully that means you get to open up like the first couple doors of the advent calendar. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is for the kids, Only but I mean, I'm going to have to help eat the chocolate. <laughs> so she's going to open up a few life. doors early. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. So it's beautiful outside and uh, we know that, you know, seasons are changing mm-hmm. and the same is true here at church. And mm-hmm. it's, this is, I, I just love it because after a long season, after Pentecost all summer, it's, it's great to get into getting ready to celebrate the birth of our savior and the the texts reflect i think that kind of shift too because we start moving out of some of those more historical texts yeah and into more of these prophetic texts you use the language pastor eric of minor prophets we're not talking right. about like small amounts of income as in minor prophets right we're talking <laughs> about like of the prophetic books of scripture there are the major prophets the big ones uh and then there's the minor ones the ones that are a bit smaller uh reflect a, a shorter period in the life of God's people, for instance. So we're in mm-hmm. Hosea, who is indeed a minor prophet, uh, speaking to a time for God's people when um, ugh, God's people are not being particularly faithful. But it feels like there was one hot moment where they were faithful and things were good. And it feels like it really fell off real fast after that, which um, man, kind of feels like real life. Par for the course, yeah. as they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just yeah. another example of God's people from the beginning and all the way up to us today. Um, you know, God being gracious and merciful and blessing us and promising to be faithful to us. And we continue to be the ones who turn away and fall away and rebel. Uh, this is just another example of yeah. that. It's a really great example. too. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's like me before nine o'clock on Monday, mm. you know, like rebelling and mm-hmm. being busy that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm still honestly riding off of the high of confirmation. Oh, if you oh were, yeah. Great. If you weren't a part of it, really, and it, just so you know that there was like 38 kids 
who stand up and said, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and, and wanted to live, try to follow after him like the rest of us stumble and after mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, but there was so many good things about that. We had two services, Saturday, Sunday. This was before um, All Saints weekend. But it's still important to know that you have a voice to invite these young people into serving. And the thing that really struck me was um, Pastor Megan gave a great sermon on uh, kind of the, the, the Lutheran theological question, which is so what? And whenever mm-hmm. we read a prophet or someone like that, we should be asking that question. So mm-hmm. what? That was the question that she equipped them with because it matters that we are asking that kind of question when you have somebody in your face like Hosea who's coming at you saying you are doing the wrong thing. And at some level, you're like, well, <laughs> so what? What am I supposed to do about it, right? Yes. Yes, there That's it is. Great. There's the setup, right? Um, and uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Eric preached about uh, about Elijah and God's, uh, you know, calling out people who weren't being faithful. And as a context, uh, I just want you to know that we will indeed use the word Baal again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Eric was kind enough to define that a couple weeks ago. Those are the, the false gods, right? Um, or or Baal too. It's, it's like easier Baal, for me to say Baal. Say Baal. This falls <laughs> right under Baal. my category mm-hmm. of not an English confident word. and consistent. <laughs> Who cares about what's right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it just, for those of you listening, it's spelled B-A-A-L, right? So either Baal or Baal. Baal, I don't care. It means false God. This is fun to listen to you two. Kinda, <laughs> keep going. Let it roll. Keep going. Well, I want to give you that context because I'm about to read the passage, and and right out the gate, you're going to go, wait, what is she? What is what's a ball mm-hmm. again? What is that about? Um, you're you're right. What is that about? So there's a few other names in here too that I think doesn't hurt to know. Um, we're going to use the name Ephraim, which is not a name that we have heard thus far in our readings. Um, That is the name of one of Joseph's sons. We heard about Joseph, right? He is the one who um, ultimately saves his family, saves his brothers, uh, is the one who is in Egypt, falls into Pharaoh's court. Um, This is how God's people end up in Egypt and ultimately become enslaved, right? Uh, So pros and cons. Um, But Joseph's son, Ephraim is who we're referencing. And Ephraim is a way to reference the entire nation of Israel, which in this case is the northern kingdom. We have two kingdoms for God's people, kind of two halves of of the territory. Northern kingdom is Israel. Southern kingdom is Judah, um, named after these these tribes of of Israel, of Jacob. Um, But here, uh, Ephraim is used synonymously with, with Israel, which is a thing friends I legitimately did not know until very recently when I had to look it up so <laughs> just know it's we're always right. learning we're, we're always right. learning we're always learning it's always, yeah. and it's always thank okay. you for the opportunity oh my goodness because <laughs> yeah. of you we know more um, and uh, yeah with that let's let's read from Hosea this is chapter 11 and we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 9 this is what Hosea says when Israel was a child I loved him and out of Egypt I called my son The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the balls and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities, it consumes their oracle priests, and devours because of their schemes. 
My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. Excellent. Kaboom. It's not playing. No. Yeah, right? Right. (laughs) Please notice two things. One, God is angry and for good cause. And God continues to love the people. Yes. Both things can be true at once. I think I would just, I think I'd like to just share this quote from Dr. Michael Chan, who was commenting on this reading, because I think he just nails this. Mm. He says, despite God's history of tender care and concern for Israel, God's people consistently reject that tender care in favor of following their own inclinations. Israel has what one might call a bound will. I just think that really sums up what we've heard, and that's our our relationship with God, too. Right, Mm -hmm. right. It's one of the things that I like, especially about reading in the Old Testament. Um, There's this really pervasive sense that this is human nature, right? That this is, it doesn't make it okay, it just makes it true. That we have this tendency to go chasing after that which is not our God. Um, It's kind of like you you preached on Reformation Sunday, Pastor Eric, is that we're always kind of turned inwards. We're always Mm kind of thinking about our own needs, our own selfishness. And forgetting that we are called to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbors at least as much as we love ourselves, right? So we're always meant to be pointing outwards. And that that would be the best thing for us, actually. Yeah. By chasing other gods, yeah. we actually only hurt ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, <laughs> you know, it doesn't get any better than our God. Mm-hmm. And yet, for whatever reason, well, we know it's sin, but we, we just keep searching elsewhere and we humans have throughout history this is that's what we're hearing about here today that's right Mm -hmm. that's right it's amazing looking at like the just the humanizing that god chooses to do to demonstrate what love and care look like um when we I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on confirmation. <laughs> but because it was so cool. It was Preach. cool. It was cool. And it was was great is that there's a moment where literally we we place hands on the young person and we pray for them, right? And um, Deacon Hans just made a lot of hay out of talking about what does it feel like to have these hands of all of these different generations and people that you care about you kind of all there. And in some way, you know, Hosea kind of picks up that same kind of sense, like right from the very beginning in verse one, right? When Israel was a child, I love him. That's the first, mm-hmm. that's the first description that God chooses is love. It's not, well, they were helpful around the house or something like that. <laughs> they picked up their stuff. Like, no, it's the first word is love. And then it goes on from there, which, you know, with, with other pieces. But I just appreciated that that was kind of the first word. Yeah. And those hands, you know, at confirmation are powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want you to know, too, that, like, God keeps returning to this love, even though God's people have kept turning away from it. Mm-hmm. Like in verse uh, 8, uh, I ha- again, I had to go look stuff up uh, <laughs> because God says, how can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? 
What is Adma and Zeboim? So Blood Star Greek, Wars. Right, right. It's, it's a planet <laughs> far, far away. Um, it's actually when we think of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we have a really specific connotation with that, but I want you to set that aside because what's really going on is it's a reminder of a city that was disobedient to God for, for many reasons, not the least of which being a lack of hospitality. And Adma and Zeboim are two of the cities that get destroyed in that. Um, so God is saying, there was a time when I got mad at you because you were disobedient and you were living out of my will for you and I would wipe you off the map. That's a thing I did. How can I, how can I keep doing that? I can't keep doing that. I love you. And so I have chosen to stop just demolishing, which to me speaks volumes about God's willingness to continue to pivot and commit to us. God has shown many different times and ways that mm-hmm. God wants to be in relationship with us and we keep messing it up and God keeps going, okay, okay, cool. Uh, let's try it this way instead. So demolishing cities isn't isn't God's jam anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what will God do instead, right? So that's, that's kind of the, the lesson of this as we go through the prophets. We mm-hmm. hear more about God saying, okay, but your actions are not without consequences and it ultimately leads to the fall of both Israel and Judah and God's people being sent out in exile and in some cases whole tribes disappearing Hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. God's people get totally absorbed Mm -hmm. by other countries and the line ends right um but but God continues to call back. There's beautiful, beautiful stories that we'll get to eventually of God calling the people back from exile and calling them back into their home and back into relationship. Um, right. I will exe- I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal. I do things my way because I am God. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what, what a powerful story. The word that you know keeps coming to mind through all that you're describing is relates to our theme, relationships. Our theme is together for good, and we keep bringing up uh, this this whole point um, that even despite God knowing full well the full extent of our sins and our rebellion and, you know, almost like our complete inability to continue to uh, have a relationship with God, we keep choosing false gods, mm-hmm. uh, which we can talk about that in a second, the first commandment. Um, but God chooses you. God chooses, um, has chosen Israel, um, his people throughout history, and he, mm-hmm. and he ch- has chosen those of us who have been grafted into uh, that um, yeah. tradition. And um, it's God's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so God chooses a relationship with us. And that's why he sends his son to save us and secure that for us. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, the thing that, that strikes me too is that it's so easy to hear something like this and take it very personally, right? Like, it's like, okay, what have I done? <laughs> and and the truth is I have done things, of course. I mean, that's part of it, right? But really, the prophets were always super interested, though, in the community impact. Mm. And to recognize that, again, what is going on with your neighbor is directly connected to you. And lots of times we don't want to say that our actions actually have an impact on our neighbors, which is why we're doing all of these healing and repairing of the world work with our partners who literally office on the Easter campus every single day because it matters. 
matters, right? It matters yeah. that they're here. It matters that they're trying to, you know, work and in, in that care from our neighbors. And 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 frankly, it's it's hard to to think about our neighbors when it's easier to think about you. Um, but that's one of the prophets' pieces. I think was always like, how is that actually impacting our community around us? Yeah. And if you're wondering, well, why is that person out on the street? You know, it's 20 degrees outside. They have a you know, a cardboard sign. The question is, is, is look in the mirror and say, how am I contributing yeah. to why my neighbor needs to be on the street right now? Mm-hmm. And yep. this is, and these are the hard questions that the prophets ask. This is why prophets were incredibly unpopular, right? It's because they held up that mirror and said, you want to know where this leads? Mm-hmm. You want to know where this selfishness leads, where this, where this greed takes us, where this uh, desire to look in, you know, incredibly flashy and remarkable, but not to go deep and actually to, mm-hmm. to be concerned about our, our, our neighbors and those, you know, near and far. Um, and people don't like hearing that, right? Like, right. They don't he- like hearing, uh, it's not all about your comfort. And friends, hear me say, like, you get you get to be safe and warm. You get to take care of your family. I'm not saying that, you know, we should all live in a commune unless that's your jam. Go ahead and live in a commune. That's cool. Um, but no. I am saying that the, the pain around us, the brokenness we see around us, there is something you can do about that in in big and or small ways. And and God says here that what we do to each other and with each other deeply matters, right? And that th- there's God's gonna like deal with however we deal with God faithfulness to God yes and we live out that faithfulness to God in the way that we care for our neighbor so the the thing that makes God most angry yes is your unfaithfulness to God but your unfaithfulness to God in such a way that your neighbor suffers that's that's yeah my people are bent on turning away from me to the most high they call but he does not raise them up at all because God is Ticked. Mm-hmm. Because you're not taking care of each other. I think mm-hmm. that's the thing that's most striking to me about, about the prophetic literature is that God says, I know you're not being faithful. I see you worshiping the balls. Mm-hmm. I see you putting on a big show. But what I also see oh, is that your neighbor is suffering because of it. Yeah, and right. that's where we've really gone off track. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me how the Ten Commandments have the two tablets. The uh, first yes. is all about, you know, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. So it's about... Our relationship with God, but most of the commandments relate to our relationships with our neighbors. Yeah. And but we never get past the first one. And <laughs> it's often said, you know, I've heard Pastor Megan say this: if you get the f- the first commandment right, yep. the others will follow, yep. or vice versa. Yep. Yep. But yep. we don't get past the first one, mm-hmm. and that's why we don't treat our neighbors as our siblings in Christ that they are. Yeah. We don't treat each other like family. Yeah. Because we already. Don't even uh, just uh, stick with our God. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I have a, a pastor mentor who likes to talk about first commandment issues, uh, which is his way of saying um, everything ultimately comes back to that first commandment. Are you keeping God alone as your yeah. only God? You get that together, and the rest of it comes together pretty pretty well. Yeah. But we can't we can't right. get that first commandment right. We're constantly right. lifting lifting up in what is it sacrificing to the balls and offering incense to idols. And maybe it's not, you know, a, a, a ball or a, or an Asherah pole or something. Maybe it's um, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's fame, maybe it's comfort, maybe it's fear, maybe it's power. There's all sorts of things we're super willing to sacrifice to. Food's really important to me. I'm very I'm very into food as well. <laughs> yeah. Very very in favor. Very well, pro food. <laughs> so, um 
let me just also point out that you know we're we're pushing you know like the commandments and the law and and you know um, being faithful to God and our neighbors, but uh, the truth is from our Lutheran theology perspective on all of this, the the point isn't that you know you need to try harder because then you could do it. The point is actually just that that. <laughs> It's a mirror to yeah. us that we we're not fulfilling the most basic of God's commandments for his, to have a right, right relationship with Him, and we can't, and we never will, and yeah. that's why He sent His Son to die, and and He wrote raised Him from the dead yeah. to save you, to, so that your sins are forgiven. God God has been reaching out to you, and He He reached out in Christ, and He mm-hmm. will continue to reach out to you. That's the good news. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we think the arrow points in the wrong way. Yeah. If we do all the right things right, God will love us. Um, and that's that's not right. The arrow goes the other way. God loves us, and therefore we invi- we are invited to to live like we believe it, right? Yeah. To, to therefore yep. go out and love and care about our neighbor because God's love Amen. has been constant, right? Whether it was God's promise in the time of the prophets or whether it's God's promise realized in, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ— God's love has never been at question. <laughs> Our ability to live like it is always on the line. And that is the exclamation point. Oh, thank you, man. Pastor Megan. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Oh, thank you to both of you. Let and well, yeah, well, thanks to all of you who are listening. Say thank you, Mark. Thank you, thank everyone. You. Thank you. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. <laughs> we can't say thanks enough. Thank you for tuning in to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. May the road rise up to meet you. Shine more.